Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of fantasy dining. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Ealing. And today's topic is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Today we are talking about two specific categories of cafes in Japan, cosplay cafes and animal cafes. Yes. Definitely a unique experience of something you can do while you're in Japan. Absolutely. And uh, it can be a lot of fun, and you get to eat and drink while you're there anyway, so yeah. it's a good, uh, good stop. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff about them. So cosplay cafes are a big category. So what the heck are we talking about when we say cosplay cafe, you may be asking yourself. Yeah. So what's cosplay, Jason? Cosplay, that word is a portmanteau. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Is that French? Yeah, I think so, yeah. A portmanteau is when you take two words and smash them together. Cosplay is when you take costume and play and smash those together. So basically, cosplay kind of covers any kind of situation where you're dressing up as something. That you normally aren't. Yeah. You see it a lot at anime conventions, maybe. Maybe you've seen those in your hometown in the U.S. Those are all over the place. Comic conventions, people dress up as their favorite characters Mm -hmm. from the movies or games or comics, and it's called cosplay. Yep. So if you've got a cosplay cafe, you don't go there dressed up. Right. You go to the cafe and the workers are dressed up. Yes. In a specific style. Exactly. And then we have animal cafes, another big category. And these are places where you can hang out with cats, dogs, rabbits, all sorts of things. And we'll get into all the different types of animals that you can meet. And we're going to talk about all the cultural stuff surrounding this phenomenon of themed cafes. So let's start with cosplay cafes. Where did cosplay cafes start, Paul? Cosplay cafes uh, started in Akihabara, Tokyo. Uh, in the late 1990s, uh, early 2000s. Yeah, and Akihabara is a part of Tokyo known as kind of an otaku paradise, right? Yeah. What's otaku? I know we've said it before, but we should restate that. Otaku is the Japanese word for anyone that's really obsessed with anything. It gets used a lot to describe people that are fans of anime, manga, and video games. Right. The most popular type of cosplay cafe is something called a maid cafe, where the waitresses are dressed like maids. And I have a little bit of history here. Okay. The first permanent maid cafe was called Cure Maid Cafe that opened in March 2001 and is still open today. That's impressive. Yeah, that's a pretty long run. Uh, The popularity of cosplay and maid cafes has actually spread outside of Japan now. Yeah, you can find them in a lot of different countries now. And inside Japan. So it's not just in Tokyo anymore, um, Mm -hmm. but you can also find cosplay cafes in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Singapore, Mexico, Canada. I think there's one in Ontario somewhere. Yeah, I think I heard that too. And I know there's a place in LA that does at least some events that are like made cafe type things. I don't know if they do it every day though. I thought you said they opened one and then it closed not too long after. They did, but I'm still seeing stuff on like Instagram and online of like people performing like Mm. dance routines dressed as maids at places in downtown LA. Huh. So there's definitely like still some sort of scene for it in LA. Okay. Yeah. Most of them still are 
in Japan. Like Japan has more made cafes than yeah. anywhere else. Japan's uh, made cafe central for the world, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and most of the ones even in Japan are in Akihabara still. Yeah, it's definitely the Mecca. If you walk down the street in Akihabara, you'll actually see maids all over the place advertising their respective cafes. Yes, you will. And they'll be handing out flyers and trying to get you to come in. Yeah. So what do these maids look like? Maid cafes are based upon our idea of the French maid outfit. Yeah. So it's going to be a dress, usually kind of frilly with a petticoat and a pinafore, uh, which is like a sleeveless apron. Yeah, it's like a frilly little apron kind of over the dress Yeah, part. frilly around the shoulders with no sleeves. Yeah. Usually white. Yeah, I mean, if you imagine... With the costume. Yeah, just think of, you know, the stereotypical French maid outfit. They're always wearing that sort of thing. And there's going to be a matching hair accessory, like a bow or some frilly lace. Mm-hmm. Um, and stockings. Yes. Got to have the stockings for the French maid outfits. Yeah. Japan's a very, uh, they don't have a lot of cleavage, but legs are a big thing in Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. So stockings are important. Yep. You know, the outfit can vary a little bit. The look can vary depending on the cafe. At that first maid cafe, actually, Cure Maid Cafe, I saw that the maids there have a more sophisticated, refined look. They're going for a very authentic Victorian era theme. Okay. I even saw, I mean, that one's generally fancy. Like it's certified by the Japanese Tea Association. Like they have (laughs) high quality tea. Wow. It's a pretty nice place. But some places are going to go for more of a cute sort of look. So maybe more frills. They might have pink outfits instead of, you know, the standard black French made outfit. But most, so, most types of these maid cafes are still at least based on that French maid outfit. That's kind of the main theme. Yeah. And uh, they sometimes do like special days where, uh, you know, today we're all wearing uh, swimsuits or something. Swimsuits? Maids in swimsuits? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. They're, uh, every, every restaurant's got its own gimmicks and stuff. And I don't think there's anywhere that does that every day, Yeah, but I saw it as like, uh, it's a special day. That's really popular. Yeah. I mean, there are a whole lot of maid cafes. I'm sure they all have their little things to help them stand out. You know, I've seen that some of them, sometimes maids will be wearing animal ears to make them look even cuter. Some will even be cosplaying a specific anime character. Yeah. And uh, the waitresses in these maid cafes are often chosen based upon their appearance and how much they think they can play the type of character they want them to be. Yeah, so you're generally going to see young, attractive, innocent-looking Yeah, they're, they're really looking for the innocent look for these maids. That's yeah. part, of the, part of the package they're selling. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, though. I saw some maid cafes actually have male employees cross-dressing as maids. I saw that too. Yeah. It'll just be a bunch of men dressed as maids. Yeah. That's a pretty specific taste. I saw some pictures and honestly, a few of them were pulling it off pretty well. Hmm. And some of them weren't, at least in my opinion. Okay. But, you know, they're all giving it a go. Like they're fully decked in like freely made outfits. I can imagine. (laughs) I didn't look up pictures, but. What? Come on, bro. Uh, Sorry. I was slacking a little bit in my (laughs) research, I guess. So if you visit one of these cafes, what is your experience going to be like? Well, you're going to notice something right off the bat. Yeah, the first thing they say to you, right? The greeting. Yeah. Everyone is a master or mistress. Right. 
So if you're a man and you walk in, first thing you're going to hear is, which means, welcome home, master. Or if you're a woman, you might hear, which is, welcome home, mistress, or my lady, something like that. You might be offered a hand towel. Oh, They're yeah. going to give you a menu, and you're going to sit down. might order uh, some food or a drink or something. And often the maid, I mean, the maids are there to dote on you and act like real maids. You know, they're going to kneel by your table and stir cream and sugar into your coffee, perhaps. Mm -hmm. When you order food, it's often going to come out decorated by the maids. Yeah. Or Or decorated at your table. Right, right. They might even decorate it at your table because it's all about like personal attention, you know, that's kind of the point of maid experience. So if you get like a dessert, they might decorate it with syrup on your table, like draw cute designs on the plate. Mm -hmm. Or if you get a popular dish, omu rice, which is omelet rice, they put ketchup on it Mm -hmm. and they'll draw like hearts and write things on it. Mm -hmm. Make it special for you. Yep. You might be able to play games with the maids or sing karaoke with them. Some places even have performances where they sing and or dance on a stage for your entertainment. Yeah, you might be able to play rock, paper, scissors or card games with the maids. Arts and crafts. Yeah, (laughs) there. I mean, like we said, there are so many maid cafes, they have to differentiate themselves and uh, come up with new ways to attract customers. So their offerings have expanded a lot. Some of them will offer spoon feeding. The maids will actually take your spoon and yeah. fly the airplane yeah. into your mouth. Some of them offer massages. And you, you might sense that we're getting close to a line here. These massages are fully clothed, though. Yeah, like leg and arm massages. You're not like laying down on a table naked. Yeah. You might be able to have them clean your ears. I saw that sometimes you might be able to pay for them to slap you if that does something for you. <laughs> you can get photography sessions where they will dress up for you and you can take pictures of them in different outfits. Yep. And uh, we should probably mention that etiquette is an important factor at these places. Yes, there are definitely rules. You can't just do whatever you want with these maids. Yeah. One of the biggest ones is no pictures. Well, There's times where you can pay to get a picture with the maid sometimes, or yeah. maybe if you ask politely, they'll let you. Yeah. But you can't just take pictures of the maids And you can't even just take pictures inside the place in general of what it looks like or anything. Yeah, generally. I would say even a bigger rule is no touching. Yes, no touching. (laughs) Yeah. No asking for personal info. Yeah, don't invade their privacy. No stalking, no trying to get to know them outside of the cafe. Yeah, there definitely have been instances of stalking with these kinds of places. You know, if you get really attached to a maid, there are people that will go to a maid cafe and see them, you know, multiple times a week and they get really attached to a certain maid. It can become a problem. And maids keep it up to a certain degree too in that they're expected to not let themselves be seen outside of costume by the customers. Yeah. They're expected not to slip out of character at all. They are there to be that maid character. It doesn't get personal at all. Right. So you mentioned a little bit about food. They got the amu rice. You might have pancakes that they decorate with that syrup. I mean, generally what they serve is similar to any normal cafe. They're going to have coffee and other drinks, entrees, desserts. Some common ones are ice cream, spaghetti, cake. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Paul, I know that you went to a maid cafe on your first trip to Japan, right? Yeah, I did. What was that like? I had heard about maid cafes. It's just such a different thing. I was like, I got to see what that's like. So we're in Akihabara and there's a maid on the street handing out flyers for a maid cafe. So I ask, where's the maid cafe? And she brings us in and it was awkward. Part of it is because like there wasn't a lot of English spoken there by the staff, you know, and I had basically no Japanese. That already makes the whole interaction a little bit awkward. Yeah. And my brother's vegan at the time. I wasn't yet. And so he's not ordering anything, you know. Anything? I I thought most maid cafes will make you order at least something. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he got a drink. I don't know. I got like a dessert and a tea or whatever. And, uh, you know, they'd come over and like say a couple things to us and whatever, but I didn't really understand what they were saying. Yeah. So they were mostly just with like all the other guys that were there. Like the guys there all seemed to have like a favorite and that one would like pay a lot of attention to them or whatever. And was it busy when you were there? How many people were there? Yeah, it wasn't packed, but it was like 70% full. Wow. You know, it was, it seemed to be doing pretty well. We were there in like the late afternoon, I think. Okay. Um, So we like ate our things, looked around, kind of let it sink in Mm -hmm. and uh, got out. All right. Well, what else was there besides just ordering food and having maids talk to you? Did did anything else happen? They had a little, like a small stage almost it looked like, but like no one was singing at that time. Oh. Um, It looked like a couple of the guys were like playing games maybe or something with the maids. Just a lot of food. I saw the decoration thing. I didn't order anything that got like decorated. Hmm. And I don't take sugar or anything in my tea. Yeah. And when they asked me if I wanted it, I probably didn't understand anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You were an easy customer, not too demanding. Yeah. We were in and out just kind of like, just to see like what's going on in here, you know? Yeah. Pretty much was what everyone said it was. Yeah. It was a little awkward, mostly probably because of the language barrier. Yeah. But, uh. I'm glad I did. It's not like high on my list of things to do again, but I'm glad I went. Yeah. I mean, it's a novel experience. Yeah, Something exactly. you can't really get anywhere else. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've been to a maid cafe yourself, Jason. I have. Uh, what'd you think? I mean, overall, I would say, yeah, it was pretty awkward and I felt kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Were you by yourself? I was. This was on my first trip. I went uh, by myself. I went to a place called Maidreamin, which is... A chain, actually. They have these all over Japan. And so they had these package deals. I got a package that came with a little keychain souvenir kind of thing. You could take a picture with one of the maids and you got food. So that picture exists somewhere, huh? Yeah, I have that picture. I'll that have to... should go on our website uh, under this episode. <laughs> You're probably right. I'll have to dig it out and scan <laughs> it, I guess, because it's a, it's a Polaroid. Ah, uh, that's right, because they take the pictures themselves. Yeah, I think I read that some places you can either choose between a Polaroid or taking a picture with your phone. Did she decorate it for you? Yeah, I think she did write some stuff on there, maybe put some hearts or something. I think that's part of the reason for the Polaroids is you yeah, get that instant photo it. and they draw on there or whatever. They yeah. can really personal. Yeah. So I sat down, uh, I ordered a, a Sunday, and you know, a lot of the food that they make is kind of already decorated in a, in a cutesy sort of way. So mm-hmm. like my Sunday was a little bear. 
Like there's a scoop of ice cream that's its head and they had a little face drawn on it and like these little cookies for its ears and stuff. Okay. You know, very cute. And then the maid that brought it to me had me cast a spell on the food to make it even more delicious. Oh, nice. Yeah, as I recall, the spell was like, delicious, delicious, moi, moi, kyun. And you got to make like a heart with your hands. Yeah, of course. And cast this delicious beam at your food to make it make it even tastier. So that's, you know, awkward moment number one. <laughs> but I'm sure it made it taste better, right? Well, I didn't try it beforehand, so I can't, I don't have an A-B comparison kind of thing going on, but I assume, I assume yeah, it was yeah. a successful spell. But I actually saw some of the maids perform too. There was a, like you said, a stage up at the front and one of them got up there and did a little dance and sang and the other maids were like out in the crowd encouraging everybody to, you know, get into it and clap along and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, unlike your experience, at this maid cafe, Maybe it was just the time of day I went, but it was not very busy. Okay. It was like me and these two other Japanese guys, like on the other side of the room. (laughs) So there's like one maid over by them and one over by me, like looking at me and clapping her hands and encouraging me. And I'm just like, this feels really uncomfortable. (laughs) A little too on the spot. (laughs) Yeah. So it was interesting. Did you get to pick which maid you took a picture with? No. Okay. Did you like the maid you took a picture with? She she was cool. she was nice. Okay, was it the uh, one that brought you all your food and stuff? Was it like you got the same maid um, kind of? I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's an interesting experience. You know, it's just something. If you're there, you got to try it because it's a new unusual experience. But it's not something I would probably do again. I think. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So besides curious tourists. Like Paul and Jason, who goes to these maid cafes? Who are they marketed towards? Otaku. That's a one word answer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're designed to cater to, you know, these fantasies, obviously. I mean, we, we kind of touched on all this intimate borderline romantic sort of experiences that you can have at different maid cafes. So they're going after lonely people looking for intimacy? Perhaps. Also, I mean, the otaku idea that you mentioned, these are fans of manga and anime and Japanese animations. And in that form of media, this made image has kind of been fetishized in in a lot of different ways, right? Yeah. It's a common character type or costume to put characters in. Yeah. Also, we mentioned that otaku are into video games. There's a specific type of game called gal games. Paul, can you tell us what those are? Yeah, I mean, it's like a dating simulator. Yeah, like you want you... to get close to a certain character, and if you get them to like you enough, there are romantic scenes that can happen. Kind of like a multiple choice game, where it's like, what's your response to her? And you pick one, and it either makes her happy, or it makes her mad, or yeah, and you try to work the game to get to the ending with the girl that you like the most. Right. And these maids can be a a common trope in those types of games. Yeah. So maid cafes boomed around the early 2000s, which was around the same time that otaku culture became much more mainstream. That kind of explains the... Explains why they became popular at that moment. Right. It kind of rolled the wave of, this is more of a mainstream thing now than a really small niche thing. Right. 
So these days, main cafes, in addition to otaku culture, are much more mainstream, and they not only attract you know lonely otaku men, but also couples, tourists like you and me, of course, mm-hmm. and even women. Women will go alone to these maid cafes. It happens. I even saw multiple articles comparing these maid cafes to geisha and maiko. I can see that comparison, yeah. Yeah, like you're hanging out with you know, young, beautiful women that entertain you and give you personal attention. Makes sense. Yep. Speaking of women, there are also butler cafes that cater more to that female clientele. Yes. Well-dressed male employees wearing either typical waiter's uniform or even a tuxedo. Yeah, these are fancy butlers with like white gloves and everything, you know? Yes. There are even butler cafes where female staff dress as butlers, just like the kind of cross-dressing thing we saw with the maid cafes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think that appeals to, there's a set of women in Japan that are into boys' love. Mm. Yep. In the media for boys' love, the boys always uh, have like a feminine type appearance to them. They're always really beautiful. Yeah. So they'll use like women to cosplay, to dress up as men, to look more like these characters that they like. Yeah. So these butler cafes aren't nearly as common as maid cafes, but they are around. There's one in Shibuya called Butler's Cafe that is interesting because it only hires Western men as staff. Did you see that? Yeah. There was also a maid cafe that was like Russian maids that looked like... uh, all white women work in there, at mm. least in the picture I saw. Interesting. Yeah. So at this Butler's Cafe, I read that one of its founders interviewed over 200 Japanese women, and they told her that they, and I quote, want a cafe where the waiters were male, good-looking, will treat them nice, but most importantly, were Western, end quote. Isn't okay. that interesting? It's supposed to be a safe setting to interact with foreign men, and this is kind of the key, I think. The, the atmosphere is reminiscent of a Western fairy tale. Ooh. You know, you got all these movies selling this kind of prince in shining armor sort of thing. And it's, it's kind of a Western sort of trope. So it's interesting they kind of translated that into a cafe, you know? <laughs> you know, whenever people are like, you should move to Japan. I'm like, I, yeah, I need a job though. <laughs> now... Now I've got it. There you go. I know what I can do. Thanks, bro. Yeah. I just need to learn Japanese now so I can flirt with all these Japanese girls. Yeah. Or I wonder how many of the clients there are looking to uh, practice their English too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So besides the maid and butler cafes, there are plenty of other types of cosplay cafes, right? There sure are. Tell me about them. There are school-themed cafes where customers are referred to as senpai which is what you call students older than you if you're a student. Yeah, you're senior. And inside the tables are replaced by school desks. Yeah, I mean, the whole place is set up to look like a classroom. And the menu is served in like school lunch trays. <laughs> yeah, staying true to the theme. There are little sister cafes. Another anime trope. Yes, yes, where uh, they act... Like little sisters, but not like what little sisters really act like, but like how they're troped to act like in animes and stuff. Yeah, it's a very uh, romanticized, perhaps fetishized sort of role playing thing. Yeah, I think like the guys that are into it are like not guys that actually have sisters. 
Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one that I didn't know exists that I found out about. Miko Cafes. Yeah. Which is a Shrine Girl Cafe. Yeah. Also known as Shrine Maidens. They're like these girls that work at shrines and they have a, there's a very specific outfit that they wear. Yeah. Like a white top and red pants. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that one exists. I kind of want to like check that one out. Yeah. I'm kinda curious like, how that works. Like, do they have all this religious stuff that they're saying to yeah. you while they're serving your food? Yeah. I don't know. Right. Does it like look like a shrine inside? Like, I want to go check that one out. Yeah. That would be I think that style of dress is cool too. Like the whole aesthetic would probably be pretty cool. Yeah. Do they call you like Kamisama? When you come in the door, that would be a little. Uh, <laughs> That'd be maybe a little much. A little over the top. They call you call you God when you walk in. <laughs> uh, there's railway cafes. Yeah. So this is also. I mean, we talked about how a lot of otaku, like a big part of that culture, is into anime and manga. But there are train otaku too. People yes. that are really into trains because trains in Japan are awesome. Yeah, there's people in America that are really into trains, but even much more so in Japan because trains are so much more uh, prevalent and a part of everybody's life. Yeah, and these places will use real train seating. Like they actually get seats from trains and use them as the chairs for the cafe. Yeah, so I assume everyone dresses up like railway workers. I would think so. You know, that's that's cool. That That one might be fun too. Yeah, and some of them... The inside of the cafe is made to look just like the inside of a train even. Right. Some of them like will right. just kind of incorporate a lot of train-like elements, but some will look super realistic, you know? Yeah. And there's one more that I found, and this one I'm definitely, definitely going to visit uh, next I time I'm wait. in Japan. What is it? What is it? It's a vampire cafe. Oh. It's in Ginza in Tokyo. That's awesome. And there's like a big coffin right in the middle of the cafe, like this big black coffin. Nice. The food is like Eastern European style to like match. And uh, all the maids, they're wearing maid costumes, but it's like a gothic Lolita maid type. It's like black (laughs) and white and very frilly. That's awesome. Yeah. They've probably, I didn't see the menu, but they've probably got like red cocktails that are like, you know. Vodka blood. Yeah, I'm sure. I was thinking there's got to be all sorts of blood all over these these items on the menu. So that one looks so cool. That's right up my alley. (laughs) I'm definitely going to check that one out next time I'm in Tokyo. That sounds fun. I also saw that it's branching out even like past cafes now. If you're in Akihabara, you could find like massage parlors that are legitimate massage parlors where they wear maid costumes. And there's even an eyeglass store. Where all the salespeople are dressed up as maids. Interesting. <laughs> so it's like the gimmick is spreading. Huh. That's cool. So all these different types of cosplay cafes, what is it about them that makes them work so well in Japan? And even though, you know, some some of them have spread to other countries, they don't do as well as they do in Japan. What What is it about Japan and these cafes that makes them work so well there? Well, part of it we alluded to a little bit earlier is like the rise in popularity of otaku and anime culture. Yeah, that's a big part of it. It's definitely spreading the amount of people that might be interested in it. Yeah. I think another factor is that Tokyo has such a high population density. There are just so many people. I've said so many times that like a third of the population of Japan lives in the greater Tokyo area. When there's so many people around, even these really niche stores can survive because there are just so many people around, they don't need to travel very far to get to that 
type of place. Yeah, if you need 100 customers a day or whatever to survive, it's going to be easier to find in Tokyo. Yeah. And there's also, in Japan, there's a lot of unmarried young people. There's mm-hmm. even a lot of young people that have like given up on dating. So I think some of these people are just going there for the being with the woman or just being with someone that'll talk to you and give you the time of day. Yeah, you know, I feel like the idea of like intimacy, not in even a romantic way, but just in a person-to-person way, and the idea of personal attention is kind of underappreciated in Western culture to some extent. Like there are a lot of lonely people that don't really get a lot of attention. There's not really a lot for them. You know what I mean? People have to just find that human connection in whatever way they can. But in Japan, it's commoditized to a certain extent. Yeah. And that also ties into the really intense work culture in Japan. People generally work very long hours in Japan and in Tokyo, especially, it can be a very stressful lifestyle. So a lot of times people will be working all day long. They don't have a lot of real, genuine, interpersonal interaction. And I'm not saying that maid cafes are super genuine and real, but... Right, but it's something. Yeah. So they fill some void for these people. Exactly. So there are places that they can go to just get some sort of sense of intimacy. Yeah. Tokyo's got a ton of people that are working 50 plus hours a week and live alone. Mm -hmm. And they're just looking for some way to like get the stress out after work and to enjoy themselves. Right. That was sad. (laughs) Yeah. It comes with urbanization a bit, I think. Yeah. Let's uh, get back to a brighter note and we'll talk about animal cafes now. Yeah, everybody like, well, not everybody. <laughs> Anybody with soul likes animals, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so animal cafes, also known as pet cafes, it all started with cat cafes. They were the first type of animal cafe. So the first cat cafe opened in Taipei, Taiwan in 1998. It was a place called Cat Flower Garden. And this place attracted tourists from all over the world. Eventually, a Japanese tourist that visited Taiwan brought the idea back to Japan and opened the first animal cafe in Japan in Osaka in 2004 called Nekonojikan, which translates to something like cat time. Yeah, and uh, it was very popular and it blew up as a trend in Japan. Yeah. And again, kind of spread around the rest of the world. I'd say from what I saw, cat cafes in particular, but animal cafes are definitely more prevalent outside of Japan than the cosplay cafes are. Yeah, they have kind of a broader appeal to them, right? Yeah, like people from a lot of places are into cat cafes. Yeah, yeah. So Tokyo's first cat cafe opened the next year after that one in Osaka. In 2005, Neko no Mise, or the cat's shop, kind of opened. And then between 2005 and 2010, 79 cat cafes opened across the country. And now Japan has the most animal cafes of anywhere in the world. Yeah, the cafes originally started just for people who want to spend time with animals. But there's actually some cafes now that help place lost or abandoned animals. Where like you could go there and make a connection with the animal and maybe adopt it. Mm-hmm. But the traditional cat cafe, I think, has cats that just live there and they're, that's what they do is Yeah, that's how it started. There. But now there's other places that do adoptions and stuff too, which is really cool. Yeah. 
So animal cafes have been opened all over the world at this point, but most of them are still in Asia for some reason. Asia seems like the hotbed for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what is a cat cafe like? What's your experience going to be when you walk in? Uh, I'll tell you because I've actually been to one of these. And Paul, I know you you didn't (laughs) get a chance to visit one. So you're going to walk in. You're probably going to have to take off your shoes. And they will probably also make you wash your hands. They don't want to be spreading any diseases, getting any cats sick or anything. And once you go through that, you're going to be led into a room with a bunch of cats. And there could be all sorts of different cats. A lot of cat cafes have a bunch of various breeds of cats. Some of them actually specialize in certain types of cats. You might have cafes that only have black cats. I saw that there are some that only have fat cats if you're into plump felines. Some might only have rare breeds if you're into that. And like you said, Paul, some of them are open to adoption and stuff. Some of them will have ex-stray cats. Like they only bring in stray cats and fix them up, get all their veterinary attention taken care of. Yeah. And I like all of those except the fat cats one. Yeah. It seems like maybe a perverse incentive to like overfeed the cats. It kind of does. But we'll get into some of the controversies later. Yeah. Yeah. So you're hanging out with this room full of cats. You might be able to buy food for them. Mm -hmm. You can feed them. There will be toys around probably that you can use to play with the cats. There are going to be cat trees, you know, those things with like multiple platforms where cats can hang out. Usually they have a bunch of those. Plenty of places for the cats to, to lay around. And of course, this is a cafe. You know, you're going to be able to order drinks and food. And a lot of times you can order the drinks while you're playing with the cats but if you want food, they might serve that in a separate room because, you know. Right, if a cat jumps on your table or you get hair yeah. in your food or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's not sanitary. So yeah, yeah. from what I saw in my personal experience, the food room is an enclosed area, but it also has windows looking into the cat room. So you can still watch the yeah, cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still connected in a way. Yeah. And uh, from what I saw, it's like six to seven cats per cafe seemed kind of common. Is that what you've experienced? Mm, The one I went to in Shinjuku had many more than six or seven, I would say. Although Shinjuku might be a little higher traffic area. It probably just depends on the the store and how big big or busy they are. Yeah, I mean, the size of the cafe is going to dictate how many cats are in there probably. Yeah. To some extent. And, you know, in my experience, the one I went to at least... I would think in any reasonably busy cat cafe, these cats are going to get a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. So the one I went to, you basically had to bribe these cats with food to get them to let you pet them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They weren't just going to walk up out of curiosity. You know, they're getting plenty of attention. Yeah. And as for price, I hesitate to name an exact price because animal cafes in general, even beyond cat cafes, they can vary wildly depending on the animal. Right. Or but you should explain how it's charged. Uh, well, there is always going to be a per hour charge in the ballpark of $20 per hour, I would say. Like I said, that can vary. And a lot of times that initial charge includes a drink and then food and more drinks will be extra on top of that, of course. Yeah. So you're paying to get in the place. Yeah. And then if you want to buy anything on top of that. Yep. So that's a cat cafe, but there are a bunch of different other types of animal cafes. Yeah. There are dog cafes. Yes. Which have become pretty common. Yeah. And I've seen or heard, I should say, that they tend to be more active and lively than cat cafes. Because dogs are more active and lively than cats generally. Exactly. And I've also heard that the dog cafes are more often facilitate adoptions. 
They're more likely to be in some sort of program like where maybe you can take a dog home with you at some point. Mm. And you can find dog cafes, again, with specific breeds of dogs, just like the cats. I saw one in Miyajima, actually, on my last trip. It was a Shiba cafe. Mm. Shiba Inu was the breed for this specific cafe. And Paul, when you and I went to Japan, we actually stopped at a dog cafe in Tokyo briefly, right? Yeah, we got there a little too late. Yeah. So this cafe, you could actually rent a dog, take it outside of the cafe and like take it for a walk around the park because it was right next to Yoyogi Park, this big park in Tokyo. Yeah. I love parks. So I was like walking through a park with a dog in Japan. Like that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. We were both really excited for that, but we got there too late in the day and they weren't letting any of the dogs go outside anymore. So that was And for good reasons, they only let the dogs take X amount of walks per day. So they're not getting overworked and stuff. So yeah, they had hit their quotas and it was too late to go out and get back in time. Yeah. It's definitely good to see that, you know, a lot of these cafes are, they have their animals welfare in mind. Yeah. And there's also hedgehog cafes, which I've seen become really popular online because people think they're so cute and they are. They are cute. They yeah, are. You can't deny it. They are so adorable. You can like hold the little hedgehog in your hand and like feed it. Yeah. I read an account of somebody that went to a hedgehog cafe and they said it just curled up and went to sleep right in the palm of their hand Aww. and they just, their heart melted. <laughs> so it does sound pretty cute. Yeah. So on a more wild one. There's a raccoon cafe in South Korea. Yeah, I didn't see that they have any of those in Japan, but... They note they're uh, not responsible for any injuries caused by raccoons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that would be pretty important to state, I think, if you were running that place. Yeah, because like raccoons, if it bites you, that's going to hurt. You can't domesticate raccoons. They're wild animals. And a lot of these cafes... They're really cool. I like raccoons, but... Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to go hang out with one like that. Yeah, and... You know, as we mentioned, we're going to get into the controversy of these places, but a lot of these animals are wild animals. They're not domesticated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's rabbit cafes, which have become popular in Japan. Yeah. I went to one of those. Um, the rabbit cafes, from what I heard, it's a little bit different in that like the rabbits aren't running around, like they're kept in cages, but they'll like take them out for you, right? Yeah. So the one I went to, I went to one called With Bunny in Asakusa, not far from Sensoji in Tokyo. And so I paid to get in. There's one drink included with the price, but this place, it felt like less of a cafe. I mean, you know, the main draw of all these places isn't the cafe. It's the animals, obviously. Yeah. And this place, it didn't even look like they would make drinks for you. It was just like bottled drinks, like the same thing you would get out of a vending machine. (laughs) So the price included one drink, and then they brought you to this room with a bunch of rabbits in cages, and you could choose a rabbit to play with. They'll put it in a little basket for you and you can bring it to this room. Like you get your own little room to bring the rabbit and play with it. They have like little toys in there. And then you could switch out the rabbit at any point. Like you could bring it back and choose a different rabbit. So you got to play with a bunch of different rabbits. It was just based on the amount of time that you were there. So it was interesting. Yeah. There's also a fair number of bird cafes. Yeah, all sorts of birds. Um, owls, parrots, falcons, hawks. I guess they show you how to handle them, and they're like on a perch near your table with uh, like a string ki- tied around their legs so they can't fly away. Yeah. I haven't been to a, a bird cafe. Owls are pretty cute. Owls are really cool. Parrots look amazing. Some of them are pretty cool. Yeah. They're also 
snake cafes if you're into snakes. All sorts of reptile cafes. Yeah. Turtles, iguanas. I saw spiders, but I'm not sure if that one's in Japan. Yeah, I saw that some other countries have more of the reptile ones. I'm not sure about in Japan. There's definitely a snake one in Harajuku. I saw there's one in Japan has penguins. Really? I didn't see that. Penguins. I love penguins. Yeah. This seemed a little sad, though. There's one with goats, too. Yes, goats in Shibuya. A lot of these, especially the more unusual ones, you can find in Tokyo. Yeah. Which makes sense just because of the massive population there. Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned the raccoon cafe in Korea. I saw that Korea also has a sheep cafe. Yeah, it's probably where they got the idea for the goats. Perhaps. I'm not sure which one came first. I think it's the sheep cafe. Okay. So let's talk about some of the ethics, ethical controversy Yeah, about these places. There's been controversy pretty much as long as these places have been around. There's been some people being like, hey, wait a minute, guys. I'm not sure what's going on here is okay. Yeah, and there are various complaints about these. I mean, it's not good for a lot of these animals to be in such a confined space with a lot of other animals. Mm -hmm. And not only the other animals, but all the people coming in, like a revolving cast of humans that are coming in to play with these animals. I think that's a pretty valid argument. Right. Like a lot of cats aren't super social. And like maybe for some cats, this is a good environment, but maybe for some cats, this is not a good environment. Yeah. And for some of those more exotic animals we were talking about, like I said, a lot of these are wild animals. They're not suited for this environment and they can't be domesticated and they're going to be very stressed a lot of the time. Yeah. If I'm going to put on my judgment hat and judge everything from my personal views... I don't really have a problem with a pet cafe when it's actually like a pet. If it's cats or dogs and they're treated well and they're not overworked, they're only out there for so many hours a day, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with pets. So if you treat them well, I'm fine with that. As far as things that aren't domesticated, like bird cafes, I don't think that's good. I mean, anytime you're going to keep a bird in a cage or in a room or tied to a pole, Come on, birds birds want to go out and fly around. So do you disagree with people having birds as pets in general? Yeah, I do. They're not real pets. They're they're just confined against their will. I think that's a valid criticism. And especially, I mean, owls specifically, like they are nocturnal too. They're they're not meant to be up all day being handled by all these different people. Yeah, and like a sheep, a raccoon, like eh, none of that stuff seems very cool to me yeah reptiles maybe i don't know i don't i have no idea how happy a snake is in confinement yeah but i would say since they're not domesticated we should probably not do it fair enough there has been some response to the outcry if you could call it that yeah the japanese government has made some laws right yeah there are animal rights activists in japan that have been talking about this since these places opened and the government has responded yeah so there's stricter regulations about how long the animals can be around the people every day and they have to close by a certain hour so that the animals aren't up too late and can get a good night's rest and there have been people that have been prosecuted for not following the rules right so there is some sort of enforcement there which is good Right. Yeah. If a cafe doesn't spay or neuter or deworm their cats or dogs or whatever, they'll get shut down. And 
this is so sad. I read that there have been allegations of some placing actually sedating their animals, like putting drugs into them to keep them calm for people. Yeah. It's messed up. Yeah, I mean, I bet people would do it. Yeah. But, you know, we should say it depends on the cafe. Like, there are places that do their best to treat animals in the most humane way possible. Yep. Some try harder than others, of course. So for cat cafes, some will have a different area of the cafe that's just for the cats. Like when they're sick of people, they can go through a little door and just have some alone time in this other room, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about would be like a good setup. You got to give the animals a chance to get away because otherwise bad things can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of them put effort into raising awareness of cat welfare issues. Like Paul, you mentioned that a lot of cat cafes will advertise for adoption for their Mm -hmm. cats. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them even have cats that are all from animal shelters, both to acclimate them to being around people, you know, socialize them a bit, but also advertise for their adoption. And along with those strict requirements and regulations from the government, like these cat cafes do have to obtain a license to open. They can't even just open and be like, oh, we're following all the rules. Yep. Yep. So they're being monitored. Yeah. So if you do want to visit an animal cafe, I would advise you to research the reputable ones or maybe even consider visiting one of the many places in Japan where you can hang out with animals in their own environment that aren't confined to a cafe. And we're going to do another episode about those types of places. There are animals all over Japan you can hang out with. So I'd say in conclusion to the controversy part is that it absolutely can be done in a good way, in a way that's totally okay. It just depends on which place you're going to, you know, making sure the regulations keep up with what's actually happening, you know, because cat cafes, animal cafes have only been around for what, 15 years in Japan. It's a new problem that the government's got to deal with. So it can be done well and it is being done well sometimes and it's not being done well sometimes. Yeah. And animal rights as a concept, hasn't really had as much attention in Japan as it has in the U.S. so far. So, you know, over time, those might develop a bit more and they might even come up with even stricter regulations. Who knows? Yeah, I've heard there's been especially a lot of outcry about the birds. Yeah. Because, you know, it's an easy thing to go like, you don't let the birds fly? That doesn't seem right. Yeah. I mean, a part of me wants to go to these owl cafes just because owls are amazing creatures, but... Yeah, there is something in me that kind of just keeps me from doing that because it seems sad and I don't really want to support that. I can picture a cat being happy, getting fed and whatever in a cafe all day, but I I just don't see it for the birds. Yeah. So talked about why the cosplay cafes are big in Japan. What is it about the animal cafes that makes them more popular there than anywhere else in the world? A lot of the reasons are similar, right? Yeah. I think a big one being the population density. You have a lot of people living in a small area in small apartments, and a lot of the places just don't allow pets. So if you want to go spend time hanging out with a cat or a dog, that's your only option, really. Yeah. And again, urban life can be super stressful, so it's, it's nice to just take some time to relax with animals. You know, animals have been used for like therapeutic applications in, in a lot of different Absolutely, settings. yeah. If there was a place I could stop between like work and home to pet a dog and play with it for 20 minutes, I'd probably do it, especially after like a tough day at work. Yeah. I'm like, I need a little puppy to put some joy back into my heart. That would be nice. We need to get those, man. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that wraps up our cosplay and animal cafes episode, right? Did you have anything else? No, I hope people learned a little bit and I hope people check some out when they're in Japan next because it's a really unique experience and can be a lot of fun. Definitely. All right. Well, if you want to see some pictures of cute kitties, check out our Instagram, SJP Podcast. Can't resist those cute kitties. Yeah. So on the next episode, we're going to be talking about Hokkaido, the northernmost main island of Japan. Hokkaido is so cool. And just like Okinawa on the other end of Japan, it has like a different feel to it. You know, it feels like a different place than Tokyo for sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons to that. And we will dive deep into it. Yes. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.